what am I really great at? And if we don't know what we're good at, um, that's okay. Especially with shelter in place, this is a time for us to explore who we are and what gifts we bring to the table. Everyone has a gift and everyone's gift looks different. You'd be amazed on your gift and how you can utilize that to make change. Welcome to Get Your Heart On. I'm Gia Duke. So excited and delighted to chat with and introduce you all to Angela Scott. Hi, Angela. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really excited. It's been the highlight of this week for me. So thank you. Thank you. I know. Me too. I'm so excited. We finally got it to work. We've had some tech (laughs) deals. What are we on? Take three or four here. We finally got it. We're going. We're doing it. It doesn't matter. We made it happen. So it's like that's totally in hindsight. (laughs) As you said, today's the day it was supposed to be. So let's tell the story together really quick about just help me out with like how we met. So I, my neighborhood, there was a cafe that's not here anymore where you were working. Yes, yes, yes. And I think we figured out it was around 2013. So yes. I can't believe it's been that long. Is that right? Yeah, I can't believe it's been that long. But yeah, I did the math on that. And I was like, this is crazy. Well, I know. And one of your best friends owned mm-hmm. it, Cafe Paloma was the name. And I would go there to work often. It was just around the corner from my house. So I'd bring my computer and go in there and work. And of course, over time, gosh, how many years? A couple years? Yeah, just like about two, three years. I was there long enough. It was right before she had closed it. Um, She made that decision to close. And then yeah, so it was about two years. Yeah, so about two years, <laughs> we hung out when I went over there and worked almost every every day or every other day. I would go in there, and you guys are so awesome. And we just got to know each other more than my barista. <laughs> yeah, we just connected, and it was really fun. And so that's where Angela and I met. And a few weeks ago, we're, of course, connected on social media, and I don't remember if you DM me or I did you and we're just like, hey, let's hop on the phone and catch up for real instead of just liking photos. (laughs) Absolutely. Have a real conversation. (laughs) Right. And we had so much fun and we talked and talked and talked. And the more we were talking, the more I found out what Angela's been up to, the more I kept thinking, okay, I should be recording our conversation. So I asked her if she'd be my next guest on the show. And here we are. Yes, I know. It's so exciting. I mean, there's so much more to that story. Like you guys don't even know how much of an influence she's had on my career in general um, by our conversations in that cafe. So there's some life changing moments there. I love that. I love that. We always meet who we're supposed to meet, right? (laughs) That's right. Exactly. At the right time, too. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about a few of the recent ways that Angela has been making a difference in her community to help give you some ideas, which we always love more ideas, as well as she's going to be sharing a few tips on how to keep moving forward and work efficiently even during stressful times. So, so good. And it's so needed right now. Definitely. Yes. It's so needed. I mean, you feel like we're always asking ourselves like what's next or we're not sure what the next piece is. We're sitting in the dark. So yes, the horizon planning is so important right now. Yes. Yay. Okay. I'm like clapping. That's probably (laughs) annoying on the sound, but it's okay. We're going to go with it. All right. Question number one. Let's start first with just a little bit about you. So maybe where you live, whatever you want to share about who you live with, a few of your favorite things, what you like to do, whatever you want to give us. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So I'm Angela Scott. Um, I live here in San Francisco for the time being. Um, I actually am in the process of moving. Uh, We just, um, it is, it's so exciting. We were looking for a house maybe about two weeks ago. We put in an offer and they chose us, which has been like a miracle, you guys. Like, honestly, I looked for houses for two days and then all of a sudden we have it. I've never gone through this process before. So everyone keeps telling me about how fast it is and how it's fast, like a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. So I'm like, okay, thank you. I'm like, I'm really excited about that. I'm a little scared to leave the city. Um, I am a city girl who have been here my whole life. I'm 41 and I've never left the city. So uh, the city has definitely changed a lot. So if it was the city, maybe like 
15 years ago, San Francisco, I would be really devastated. But right now I am excited um, about a new change of pace. You know, it's going to be a lot quieter. Um, it's still in the Bay Area, so I can come back to my city whenever I want. And I work out here, too, so that's not that big of a deal. I, this is how I'm coping, you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm letting myself know that these are the reasons why <laughs> it's going to be okay. Um, it is. Yes. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, a lot of my hobbies are like hands-on crafty. I'm really creative yeah, in what that do you like kind to do? of sense. I love to – well, I learn something new every year. That's my thing. Oh, so fun. every year since I've been 30, I have learned something new. So when I turned 30, I learned how to swim. So it's everything that I ever wanted to do, I'll take it on that year. Um, so oh, this year – Like a bucket just, list. Yeah, kind of like a bucket list. But I, I learning something new. It. Yeah. You know what? Not until you said that did I realize it is a bucket list. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I call them life hit lists, new. like things that you put down that you've always wanted to try or do or learn. Some people just see bucket lists as like checking something off. And you're, it sounds yeah. like you're doing it for like fun and growth and um, yeah. a challenge. Yeah. So so you learned to swim. Okay. Yep. What else? I learned how there? to swim. I uh, know how to do flower arrangements. Um, oh, cool. I learned how to knit. I learned how to sew. Um, and this year I was going to, um, learn a new language. That was my plan. But then now that I have this house, I've decided that the house is going to be the new thing I'm going to learn, which is going to be like interior design should be interesting. Right. (laughs) You have to send me pictures. (laughs) I will. I'm I'm totally doing the before and after because I watch all the shows on TV. Yes. So I'm totally then like in my head, I'm like knocking on walls. I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. This is not a wall we can take down. I don't know what I'm doing, (laughs) but you know what? I feel like I do because of the show, but I know. Don't you feel so empowered? I actually had one on the other day and I was like, I could so do that. And Justin looks at me and goes, I don't know about that yet. (laughs) I'm telling you, I was like, I can put up sheetrock. Like that's easy. (laughs) My husband's like, like, so we're going to pay somebody to do that. (laughs) Well, you know what? You'll find your thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So yeah, so that's something that I do there. Um, I am, I, I do a few things. At my job, I am a um, associate director of workforce development, and I work with the community on helping them get jobs. And I facilitate classes, and um, I facilitate uh, classes on job development. I facilitate classes on um, on uh, entrepreneurship. And I don't do the tech portion of it, but I do do the life skills portion of it. So that's really exciting. But I also do that um, in my own personal business, just not with youth. I do it more so with adults. Um, So that takes up a lot of my free time, too. I used to do a lot of reading, and now my reading really consists of just kind of learning more about my craft, coaching, or entrepreneurship, or whatever the focus is of that month. Awesome. That mm-hmm. gives us a great glimpse of who you are and what you love. What is your favorite part right now about your job, the work that you're doing? And what is the hardest part? So definitely the hardest part is that everything's virtual. So I'm a really empathetic mm-hmm. person and I really feel people's vibes. Um, and that mm-hmm. is something that I absolutely love to do when I facilitate classes. So I work with uh, predominantly uh, Tay youth, which is usually 18 to 24 year olds. And there's something special about being in a room and being able to connect with them. And, mm-hmm. and just being able to share that piece to it. Now I'm, I am connecting with them online and I'm glad that we are still able to provide, you know, the services and they get everything that they need. However, it's that camaraderie. It's that, it's that vibration that you get in a class when everybody's mm-hmm. vibing and everybody's getting it at the same time and everybody's got questions and it's just kind of bouncing off. It, it happens online, but it's different. So I definitely sure. say that that would be the most difficult piece of it. Uh, when we went, first went into shelter in place, we were just about to launch a culinary program as well as an environmental advocates program. Uh-huh. And literally in a month, we had to change everything over into an online platform. So that was really exciting and really challenging. Like it's so weird because it kind of lives in both places. Um, it was a lot of work. It was um, tons of work, you know, activities that we normally can do in person. We can absolutely not do um, 
we could not do online. And then, so then we had to change those out, but that was the fun part too, right? Trying to get creative. Right. Like how can we change this activity to do it this way mm-hmm. and that way and still be able to get what they need out of it. So although that was a lot of work, that was really great. And then another thing was, is that um, we saw within the community that we serve that we needed to get people jobs. People were losing jobs left and right. People were coming to us freaked out saying, you know what? I don't have a job. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with money. This is before they said anything about that additional money in unemployment for stimulus. This is before they okayed contract workers to get unemployment. Just kind of everything was shutting down and people were like, well, now what? That's right. And people were living off paycheck to paycheck. So they Mm -hmm. needed to get something. So myself and the executive director at the um, organization that I worked at came together and we said, you know what, let's do a job fair. And okay, that's what I was going to ask you. This is one of the events that you put together that I know all the listeners are going to benefit from. So tell us all about it and give us like the details, like who was it for, when, why you're kind of getting into that. So keep going. Okay. So the job fair that we put together was literally the week that we went shelter in place. We went shelter in place on that Monday or Tuesday. And by Friday, the job fair was online. So wow, I put together this job fair and started to look at all of the places that were looking on or that were, yes, that were looking for people to start immediately. So if you, so go you on just started Indeed, Google searching. I mean, how did you do that? I went on Indeed and okay. I looked on Indeed and it said immediate hire. And then okay. I made sure that I didn't pick anything that was like three days before or a week before because those were not going to be relevant anymore. I only picked things that were available like that day. Like I even looked on that Friday morning. Okay. And so um, I also put down the resources like the food banks, all the food banks that were happening in the Bay Area and San Francisco and trying to see what we can provide out. Then put all the list of resources that we had um, through our organizations and other community organizations and put that out as well. The first job fair that went out wasn't as organized as it as it looks like today. Sure. <laughs> um, but it definitely- Your grassroots, girl, grassroots. <laughs> That's right. But it definitely served its purpose. So after yeah. the first one, I got so many calls and we were helping people like one-on-one, one-on-one trying to help navigate through EDD, trying to help navigate through getting the jobs, just trying to help navigate with like regular, you know, needs, you know, food, you know, what are yeah. we doing for rent? Like what, what's going mm-hmm. on? People were really freaking out and we were just there to provide that case management for them. Amazing. So you went on Indeed, which is what? Just like to fill in the gaps for people that don't know. What is oh, Indeed? Yeah. So Indeed is a job search. So you can go in there and you can put in like restaurants in San Francisco and then all jobs within that they have listed on theirs will, will be stated on there. So then you went there, you found out what jobs that were available at that moment, like the Friday you were going to put this out there. So you shared that with your community. They could go there, look for work. And then it sounds like you also made then a resource tab. Like, do you need food? Go here. Here's some resources. What other things were on there? Well, what we did was we did have something like that, but that was us providing the services like personally. So we actually went on Instagram live. Oh, okay. And that's where we provided it. But we did end up creating this huge spreadsheet that we still are using till this day. And we just started getting all the resources, all these jobs, like we carry, we put jobs on there, take jobs away, whatever, you know, gets filled or doesn't get filled. We have them on there. And then we started to connect with other um, grant managers actually that helped us out um, that they had jobs that people were, were reaching out to them saying, Hey, you know what, this is goodwill and they're looking for this many people, or this is, you know, SFO and they're looking for this many people. So we started to connect and it kind of grew into that. Like now that's what it is. Now we have, it's very structured now the way we do it. So now it's like the first, um, first 10 minutes is usually a guest and that's whatever employer or a community organization that's providing a resource. And then we highlight three to four jobs and I'll pick a theme. So it'll be like this week I'll do like, I don't know, like automotive positions that are open and then I'll just list all of those. And then I have a level up segment and the level up segment is all around, um, like job readiness or different moves, um, that need to be done. It's like, you know, like interviews look different now because now they're on zoom. So then I will provide Mm. tips on there. So you integrate skills, job skills. Uh 
Okay. Hey, this is so helpful to try to picture what you're creating. <laughs> this is so good. We do that. And then at the end, if there's anything new that happens or any updates with EDD or stimulus package or anything, that's when I will add that piece in. And then we okay. let them know if we're going to have a workshop that week or whatnot. And then we've done it so many times on Instagram live that now it allows us to save it on Instagram TV. Oh, perfect. Yes. So people can So you can get there it. via social too. They don't have to log in on a computer. Yeah. Social totally. media. Mm-hmm. That is so fantastic, Angela. This is amazing to just see how you started and what it evolved into and how as a community, then you started reaching out and connecting with each other to provide this resource. And you're basically doing your job, but created another level to layer, I should yes. say, to you, the work that you were currently doing. How has it been received? Are people getting work? Is it working? Yeah, it's getting work. I mean, seriously, um, our program that we have right now is a tech program and almost all of our participants heard about it through this Instagram live because it's a paid uh, training. And we have so many people reaching out to us constantly. If it's not about getting a job, it's about Uh EDD and it's not about EDD. It's what's EDD, um, the unemployment. Okay. Thank you. Yes. No problem. Um, or if it's not about that, it's, um, them reaching out to us saying, Hey, you know what? I have an interview on zoom. I've never done that before. Can I practice with you? So Uh it's been really great. Uh, And it's funny because, you know, you don't realize how far social media can go. Mm -hmm. When I was getting people that aren't even in San Francisco, I was getting people who I didn't even know who the last two people posted our job fair was. And I was like, wow, this is really starting to get around. This is amazing. You know, when you start seeing people from not just the neighborhood that you provide services for, and you start seeing them from all over the Bay Area. So it's been really great and successful. That's incredible. Yeah, I can see it. I can picture it. Is there somewhere people, if they want to look at what you're doing or see what you're doing, they can go? Yeah. So if they needed to take a look at the job fair, they would go to Bayview YMCA on on Instagram. On Instagram. follow that. And then that job fair happens every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Okay. Um, And it's myself and the executive director. And we will have guests on there and we provide information. And I I give all my personal information um, just in case somebody needs, you know, even just coaching. You know, I I do career coaching uh, through my job and personally. uh, And we've gotten so many people. I'm helping this one woman that I absolutely love. And she um, is opening up her own business and during this time. So, so awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know what I mean? It's like, we can't let this time stop us. Like let's capitalize on it. And I'm really big on, on promoting that. You're so good at it. This is fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. I think we did. Is that the scoop on that event? I think you've, yeah. it sounds good. I feel like I understand it. The second event now, let's dive into that. The Juneteenth celebration, which was a little bit different. So first of all, for some listeners who might not know what it is, please tell us what that what it is in your own words. And what does Juneteenth mean to you personally? Sure. Um, so Juneteenth, the reason why they call it Juneteenth is because it was actually on June 19th. And it actually marks the day um, of the federal troops arriving to Texas to let everyone know that the enslaved people are free. Um Many people think that the Emancipation Proclamation was done, uh, and then that's when it ended um, slavery. However, that's inaccurate. That was two years prior to this actually happening. So although that was signed, um, you know, when it was, people um, down in the South and stuff had no idea that this was going on. And Mm -hmm. it didn't, it wasn't until two years later did they really know. And I mean, they say is the end of slavery, but honestly, it wasn't like everyone was let go and if everything was fine. I mean, there was right. so much more to it. Um, so it, it, I don't even think you could really even call it that um, just because, you know, what, what really happened after. I'm sure people were still doing the same thing and people were still living in fear um, and they weren't able to, you know, really be free like as they should have, especially since there were all these other guidelines that people couldn't do, like voting and, you know, using the same water fountains and, right. and you know, just being able to live amongst others or be able to buy property. There's anything that, like that. So that's in a nutshell, there's so much more to that. I do um, invite all of you guys to please go out and look to see um, what Juneteenth is about. It's a beautiful celebration that's really important um, for our nation to celebrate. And I really feel that not until this year um, did people really know what it was about. And it's just because um, so many things were happening this year around Juneteenth that just happened to highlight um, what Juneteenth um, is. 
So I do invite all of you all to go and really research that and see what the real history is on when slavery really ended and not what our story uh, books tell us when it did. And um, what does it mean to me? Um, it means to me um, a shift in change. Um, it, it says to me, you know, this is going to be the time um, that, that change should happen. Um, that's, that's what it means to me if I think about that actual day. I think about it's, it must have been such a hard time for people to really understand that. Um, so for me, I feel that it's, it is celebrated as far as happiness, but it's still sadness because mm -hmm. I think about that time. Um, and I can't even imagine what people were, were dealing with at that time. So it, it's a little bit of both, um, for me, um, my, my children are biracial, so I feel it's important for them to celebrate it. Um, my husband is black, so, you know, we always celebrate it here in the city. Um, and I love that he will share the history of what he's been taught over the years about it and how he always says, you know, it's important to read more about what the real history is about. So mm -hmm. that's kind of how I feel about it. And I knew this year we were not going to be able to celebrate it. Usually there's this like beautiful parade and a party and mm -hmm. a street fair that happens in the Fillmore district, but that was not going to be, and it's actually not just Fillmore district. They have it over in the Bayview uh, area as well, but that wasn't going to happen this year because COVID. Um, and so when everything was going on um, with George Floyd and, and just the disgust and the, and the level of racism that was just basically just ripped wide open for everyone to see because that had always been there. It's just that some people were unaware of it. And since we were shelter in place, people were now more aware of mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. um, of the racism that happens um, that in our world, unfortunately. And I thought to myself, you know, there's got to be something that we can do. Like I felt hopeless. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I don't, I didn't know what to do. I needed to find a lane, you know, people were protesting and I'm like, well, I'm not really like a big protester person, although I support them, mm -hmm. but that's just not really my lane. And I'm like, you know, my lane, um, like, you know, putting, posting things on social media. Yes, I can totally do that. But that really wasn't, I didn't feel that that was enough. And then I really sat with myself one day and I said, you know, I am great at direct impact. Like direct impact is my thing. Like <laughs> I feel, I feel really like energized with that and I'm good at it. So what can I do to directly impact this? So I talked to someone on my staff whom I actually absolutely love. And he was very angry as well about what was going on. And I thought to myself, how about we channel all this anger and put it into a positive event? Like, let's not let's not let COVID stop us from, you know, celebrating Juneteenth. Like, let's do something. Right. And so him and I got together and we talked about what could we do to support? And so me and my husband had already made the decision that we were going to support black businesses for the rest of the month. Um, that we weren't going to buy anything. Like we even found grocery stores in Oakland and everything. And we put a list together and we sent them out to a whole bunch of people. Like we weren't, we were going to get wine from um, black owned vineyards. Like seriously, we were like going all out. Like we had a yeah. list and everything. That's great. And great so, ideas here too. Yeah. So then um, when I got together with um, my coworker, I said, you know, let's do Juneteenth like virtual. And he was like, how are we going to do that? And I'm like, <laughs> We have, you know, it's spent out because it was the end of the year. And I'm like, and we were supposed to have an event. We were supposed to have several events that okay. we couldn't do. So why don't we put our money back into Black-owned businesses? So we had um, this amazing idea that we would deliver food and we would deliver care packages with all Black-owned businesses within the box. Uh -huh. And we called it a gape box. Which and means, I love the meaning. I know, which means selfless love. Yes. So we needed a lot of that at, um, mm -hmm. you know, we need a lot of that all the time. All the time, but, but at especially. that very moment, yes. we really needed it and we wanted to share it with the community. So we were able to provide 40 families of four 
an agape box, a dinner um, for Juneteenth, and they did an online, we'd had an online celebration where we had someone come on and just really talk about the beauty of Juneteenth, um, the, you know, the importance of supporting Black-owned businesses all the time, not just during the month of June, and just saying, you know what, we're here to support, and how can we do it? And so we went door-to-door, we dropped them off, um, and I saw so many like smiles and people Mm. were crying. There was an older woman that said, I was going to miss Juneteenth and I'm older now. And I don't know if I'll ever, if I'll be able to see another Juneteenth. And I just want to say thank you. And she cried um, about it. And I'm like, you know what? This is exactly why we needed to do this. Like, this is exactly why, because Yes, it was 40 families, you know, and some people may say, oh, that's not enough. But it is mm-hmm. in a, in an, in when you look at it and saying we directly impacted and that right. was our lane. Our lane was to do that. And right. my husband and I still are, are only purchasing um, food and, you know, certain things from uh, black and brown because I'm Latina. So mm-hmm. we wanted to be able to celebrate both. So we're doing it for minorities to help them out during this time. But that Juneteenth event was so much bigger than if we just would have gone to like the Juneteenth celebration and just kind of hung out and had a good time. It was just, it was beautiful. It was, it, that's the best way I can put it. It was beautiful. Oh, you have an amazing video. I want to link to that shares, explains the boxes and what you're doing and there's music. And I was like, I was tearing up and like, I just got goosebumps now as you're telling the story because what you did was person to person. Yes. And you you created this connection and this, even if it was one person and you'd put, it's just like delivering someone an amazing, like most heartfelt care package yes. um, during a really stressful, difficult, but combined with celebratory time for the black yeah. community. And so it's so um, just incredible. I love how you just said, let's go, let's do this our way. And you put your heads together. You had some funding left over. Cause I was going to ask, where'd you get the, the money, the donations? And it sounds like you had the funding. So instead of holding a, a in-person event, you put together these boxes. Is that, did I hear that correctly? Yeah, that's exactly what we do. And we actually included our culinary students too. Um, okay. We wanted them to be part of it. So they oh, were nice. a big part of putting it together and saying, hey, you know what? We should have soaps or we should have Yeah, what was um, in the box? Books. So we had cookbooks. We had soaps. We had lotions. We had journals. We had um, – what else did we have? Um, oh my God, we had these amazing desserts from Cutie Pies. If you're in the Bay Area, you totally need to go to them. They're so good. <laughs> awesome. Um, we'll link them in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had these beautiful little books. They were called um, I Am, and they were affirmations for uh, black and brown girls and black and brown boys. So mm-hmm. I loved that. Nice. Um, there was a book about um, Juneteenth. There was a book about recipes for Juneteenth. And then local restaurants. Um, that we chose um, to have their cookbooks inside of those boxes. Fantastic. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you for doing that work and just putting a positive spin on a really hard time. So thank you. And such great ideas for all of us listening too. You dove into a little bit about the racism uprising, the anti-racism revolution that's happening. And you and I spoke about this on the phone about how so many people freeze yeah. And like you were even saying, you were like, I forget the words you said that happened to you right away. Well, loss of hope. And I felt the exact same way. It was part of why I had a hard time getting the show going again. Um, but not then choosing not to stay there, right? Because it's not who we are and who we want to be. We want to want to help and do what we can to make yeah. our world better for everybody and equal for everybody. What do you have any other little you gave us lots of specifics? Is there anything else you would say to somebody or a suggestion or something about someone who's kind of stuck and doesn't know where to begin? And they're go ahead. I'm just gonna leave it. Yeah, there. definitely. I mean, my thing is, is like, what are what are you good at? Okay, you know, what drives you what speaks to you, like educate yourself, read it, read more about what's going on, what's pulling for you, what do you need um, to be a part of and I feel that your intuition will steer you in the right direction. Um, you know, like I said, you know, I, I went through it all I was like protesting, I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. Like, I think that 
there's a lot of people that are doing that. I want to do something different. That was my thing. But some other people are like, look, we need more protesters. So if that's your lane, then go. It's about finding what your lane is Mm -hmm. and staying consistent with it. You don't just do it for the moment. You're like, oh, that was cool. I did that. Like, no, 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 no. You have to like keep on going because it's the only way that we're going to change this. Like we don't want our children to have to go through this no matter what race you are. I mean, it's, there's some really ugly things are going on. You know, the type of things that I'm hearing from my youth that they are having to like navigate through at this time is just foul. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's just, it's not something that anyone should go through at all. Like not even, you know, think about your worst enemy, like, no, like this is just, it's horrible. Um, and it's not the time to be quiet. It's not the time to shove it under the rug and just be like, you know what, we don't do something about this. No, we have to stand up and we need to find out what is our lane, how are we going to do it, and we need to remain consistent with it. Great. I couldn't agree with you more. And also acknowledging that there is a moment it's okay if you do feel stuck or hopeless or, you know, anxious with what to do, but then just don't stay there. Choose to start with one, like that's my invitation to you, is to just pick one place to start. One place, like maybe you pick up a book and you start reading something to learn more, or maybe you have a conversation or you hear someone say something and you speak up and say, that's not okay. Yeah. And in person, not just online. Exactly. We can't all be like Facebook gangsters. We just talk about it online. (laughs) Right. You have to like say it, it is true. I mean, all of us can, can think about a time when, you know, we didn't stand up for someone because we thought, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to get involved in that. And I'm not saying just racially. I mean, just in general, like we should be speaking up. It's not okay. And I think so many people make it okay for certain individuals. And that's why they feel that it's, they're free to just say and do what they want. And I think we're seeing the more of us that learn to speak up that maybe didn't before or wouldn't before or whatever, the more of us that do it, the more normal it will become. Yes, absolutely. We got to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. Exactly. (laughs) That's how change is made. And as much as we don't want COVID to be here, it's a blessing in a way because I don't think this would even be on anybody's radar if we weren't sheltering in place because people were actually home and paying attention because they had to be and there wasn't all the distractions. And so I see it as a blessing to be able to create more equality and positive change and getting us where we need to go as a society. So thank you. That was so helpful. Those were great events that you shared with us. One mm-hmm. thing that you mentioned to me that you're really good at, and you've said over and over, which I love when you state so clearly what you're good at, by the way, Angela. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's so true, because we know kind of what we're good at, like, but yeah. we don't always just own it, you know, like, this is my thing, and I'm good at this, and it might not yeah. be what your thing is. And I love hearing you say that. But you say you're really good at getting started and switching gears quickly if needed. Like we just heard examples of that and being efficient when things are really stressful. For the overthinkers or the deer in the headlights people, if you're not someone who jumps in right away, but you would like to be, do you have like one tip for us? Yes, um, because I get like that too about certain things. You know, I'll overthink something or I'll be stuck on something and I'll say, you know, wait, I need to take a step back. And I think that taking a step back and then kind of jotting things down, something that works really well for me is like brain dumping or journaling. Uh And some of it doesn't even make sense, but I'll just start writing things and I'll put them in like compartments, you know, like what, like if I was trying to figure something out right now where like, let's just say, you know, we'll just keep going on like this movement. Right. And be like, I'm really angry because, and then we can put all those things down in one bucket and then look at that bucket and be like, what can I do? in order to do that? Or what are people doing? Because sometimes we can't figure right. it out ourselves what to do. So then we're like, what are people doing? It's a great question. I love that one. Yes. Yeah. And then we can say, what are the gaps? Or where do, where do I fit in? What am I really great at? And if we don't know what we're good at, um, that's okay. But especially with shelter in place, this is a time for us to explore who we are and what gifts we bring to the table. Everyone has a gift. And everyone's gift looks different because collectively together, we are amazing. When we are divided and we are separate, we are strong, but we're not as strong as we can be as we are together. So 
identifying what your gifts are. You know, like I said, one thing that I'm really great at is direct impact. I'm good at that. So if your direct impact is not, you know, you're not it, but let's say you're really great at writing. Well, then maybe this is the time to start writing to congressmen, like writing to the police department, writing to the mayor, like writing is your thing, then go in that direction. You'd be amazed on your gift and how you can utilize that to make change. Perfect. I'm going to stop you there because that was so good. I think people can get a lot from trying that exercise. Yeah. So where do you think your desire or inspiration to help others comes from? And would you say you've always been this way? Yes, I have always been this way, but just not directed in this direction, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've always been somebody that people always come to and say, Hey, Angela, I need to like, I'm, this is, I'm coming up with this issue. Like, what do you think? So I'm always been a really good problem solver, not always for myself mm-hmm. <laughs> as much. <laughs> I've kind of, uh, I've, I've learned to work with myself over the years, but I've always been really great at helping others, um, with solving mm-hmm. things. Um, so that's always been there, but I used to just do it you know, as a good friend or, you know, or as a conversation that came up and somehow I always ended up kind of coaching people and to that. And it wasn't until I did my own like self-exploration did I really realize that, wait a minute, I can actually make a living from this and make a difference in the world. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I did that, I got goosebumps and I started to do like this charting out where I'm like, I'm kind of lost. I don't know where I want to be in life. I uh, Before I did this, before I do what I do now, um, I actually was um, a bookkeeper at one point. I worked in accounts payable, accounts receivable. I was a um, paralegal. I was a legal secretary. I was a receptionist. And um, also, obviously, um, I was working at the cafe for my best friend who opened up a cafe. When I was at the cafe, I was doing soul searching. You guys, that's where that's where all of this happened, um, where I figured out, you know what? I found my lane. I know what I want to do. But the funny thing is, is that when I left the cafe, I went back to what I knew, which was accounting. And when I did that, I had a nightmare job. And it wasn't even that. It was a nightmare for the people I was working for. It was a nightmare because I discovered the truth. The veil was lifted and I knew (laughs) what I was supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And that job was like hell on wheels for me. Like I was getting sick. I Mm. wasn't feeling well. Like I, I was all over the place. And it was basically because like within internally, I knew I was not supposed to be there. Mm hmm. So I made a decision. Um, It's funny how things just happen when you make a decision that I wasn't going to be there anymore. And then it turned out that I didn't tell them right away. And when I was going to go put my two weeks in, they were closing the business and they were going to put me on unemployment and I was going to get a small severance. And I said, oh, my God, this is an opportunity of a lifetime right now. So I took six months to basically build my career. And I did a ton of volunteer work. I went to um, high schools and did motivational speaking to talk about teen pregnancy and um, to talk about, you know, how you it doesn't need to be the end of the day or the end of the year for you um, if you get pregnant. That's not it. It's not the end all be all because I was a teen mom. Um, and I felt like that when I, when I got pregnant, I'm like, there's still hope there's resources, like there's things to do. And I realized after one time I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do in life. And I started to apply to jobs. I did coaching on the side, but I applied to community organizations and I got some really nasty emails, uh, like Hmm. don't waste our time. Um, only apply to things that you are, um, that you have experience for. Like just nasty emails. Oh, interesting. Just, yeah. So because you weren't like quote unquote qualified. Yeah, because oh I goodness. so I was doing my own coaching career, right? And I was doing volunteer, you know, um, gigs all over the city. But according to them, I was not qualified. This one organization, which is funny, because I ended up meeting that man later on in life, <laughs> the one that wrote me that email. I and love that. <laughs> it took everything in my soul to say, to not be like, so let me show you an email because I still have that email. You guys, I still have it on my email because it keeps me humble. Right? I was going to say, I remember. usually those moments, they, they, they drive you, right? You're like, Absolutely. thank you for not giving me that job because it got me to where I am. We can look exactly. back and say that at the time you can't stand it, but I know. So now, and it did make me second guess, but 
I had to remember like, no, 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 you know what your passion and purpose is. Like we have identified that already. So don't let this person get you. And the person that reached out to me right after that email, like a couple of weeks later is the person that actually hired me for the job that I did then, which I was a transitional coach for, um, for the organization. And then now I'm the associate director of workforce for that same department. So, you know, I know, I know, but it's, it's all lined up because that's exactly what I'm supposed to do. Like those are my gifts that I bring to the table and that's where I'm supposed to be. Well, and you kept going and you kept listening to your body and yourself Mm -hmm. and you're like, no, this is bringing me this anxiety and stress and this isn't right. I'm going to keep going. And you didn't quit. You kept going around the corner. Uh, Why do you do it, Angela? Why do you choose to care about others and want to help people? You know, I feel that some people are just left behind. Um, I feel like some people... Um, people forget about because they're either in undesirable neighborhoods or they're underserved or they made some decisions in life. Um, And I think that people are just left and they'll be like, Oh, well, somebody will deal with it. And I don't think that's fair because I feel everyone should get the same um, across the board, no matter, no matter what. So I feel passionate about it because I love to see people grow and to basically turn around and say, you see, I did make it like, it doesn't matter. Like, like forget your statistics, you know, like forget what, you know, supposed to happen to us or whatever. Like, no, we made it and we made it out way stronger. So, you know, I love to empower people. I love to empower people and for them to be able to see light. Um, you know, sometimes people come to me and they don't have light and they're just like, you know, I don't see it. And I see it. Like, I'll tell them like, I'm your (laughs) biggest cheerleader. Like, I don't care if you mess up like 20 times, I'm still going to be here to go, you know, like, let's go. What's the next plan? Where are we going? Like, I will harass you, um, (laughs) to get that. Like they laugh at me, but then they, then they get harassed if they fall off and I don't hear (laughs) from them. So, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, Angela's down for me. Like, and I'm like, yeah, but it's more than just that. Like, I know I see the potential. So I love that. I love to help people grow and to surprise themselves. Like Mm. that's the coolest thing for me. Like forget surprise the people around you. Like when I see somebody that made a goal back in last September and this, I'm thinking of a client that I have, and now we are in July and she has come full circle and has accomplished everything that we said it, because I always make sure that we say, say it till you see it. I don't like fake it till you make it. Cause I don't like fake. So say it till you see it is my thing. And now to see someone like that and they are like achieving that and more and right. more and enjoying the journey. I, it's priceless. Like, yes. honestly, I could do that without getting paid. Like if they said, Angela, you can retire and you'll have all the money you need. I'd be like, okay, cool. But I'm still going to do this. Mm, so beautiful. So true. We all need somebody to like, it's believing in you and seeing you when you, when you can't see it yourselves. That's yeah. Yes. Love that. And so you, so who you are. <laughs> <laughs> so on the flip side, Angela, how has someone made a difference to you? Can you share a story or a moment that someone's done something to help you or made a difference in your life? Yeah. You know, I kind of struggled with this because I have a couple of people, um, in my life that definitely, um, did this and they saw past the craziness that I was doing. But, um, there is this one woman that I had, she was a teacher that I had and, um, and I was, I was not great in school. I cut school like nobody's business. I went to several different high schools. I, like I said, I was a teen mom, I was pregnant, I was drinking in class, like I used to fill up water bottles and drink vodka in class. And um, I was just I was out of control, like just straight out of control. I always say that um, my kids saved my life. uh, Because God only knows where I would be if it wasn't for me getting pregnant, because as soon as that happened, I was then responsible, Mm -hmm. like, automatically. Um, So that's why I kind of teeter totter between um, between finding someone with this, because that one teacher that I had saw potential in me. I don't even know how she could have seen the potential because I, to me, like if I look at myself, I'm like, I didn't even see any potential. So I don't know how she saw it, but I got really drunk at a pic, uh, picnic that we had at school and we were in Santa Cruz and I supplied everybody the alcohol. Like it was just, it was all bad. And she sat down with me and was like, you know, you're going to get in trouble. And I'm like, I know. And I was just totally faded. And she was like, 
why do you do this? She was like, you know, you can do so much more. Like there's so much more, like you're really smart and you're, you're really charismatic and you know, you don't want to continue doing this later on. Like you will find yourself, you know, lost. And I just didn't, I didn't know like what she was really saying. Cause it was like really about fun right at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw that she cared where no other teacher did. There was no other, t- I mean, all these teachers saw me quitting, you know, not going to school, like hanging out, like everyone saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one ever took the time out to say anything. And I went to a really big high school here in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I even had family members that were just like, look, you're either going to stop going to school and go get a job um, because school's not for you. So, you know, you need to pick a lane, like stop pretending like you're going to school. So I did. I worked full time at like 16 years old. I like dropped out. And this woman was really disappointed that I dropped out. Like she was just really like disappointed. And she's always kind of sat in the back of my head because Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that's pretty dope. Like she really actually cared. So I actually reached out to her on LinkedIn last year. Mm. And I said, hey, you know, are you the teacher was at so-and-so? And she said, yeah, that was me. And she's like, oh, hi. I said, hi, you know, I introduced myself and I said, you might not remember me, but you probably will remember my incident. (laughs) And so I explained it to her and she's like, oh my God, yes. And I said, okay, well, I just want to let you know that, you know, I, this is what I do. And at that time I was a coordinator Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm a coordinator for workforce. I work with the underserved youth, um, a lot of truant students or people who didn't go back to school. And I just want to let you know that I made it. And and cause I didn't know, like, I'm like, she cared so much. I'm right. like, wonder if she worked, like she thought about me later on in life. You know what I mean? Yes. And yeah. she was just so happy to hear from me. And when I think about that, she impacted a lot of other students that actually listened to her. I didn't mm-hmm. listen at that time, but I saw other people kind of go in the same path as I did. And she took the time out and stayed with them. Mm-hmm. And she shared her story with us. Like she was transparent mm-hmm. um, about her own per- personal story. And I thought that was pretty amazing. And so I am very transparent with the youth that I work with now. I have no problem. I'm a complete open book. I'll let you know anything. And I kind of take that from her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love um, that, Angela. Yeah. She, and I don't think she, I really realized what an impact she had on me until maybe like a couple of years ago because yeah. I don't remember any of the other teachers. <laughs> I know. Well, it's it's her. funny sometimes when you stop and think about it and you start to look back and actually process it, you know, and yeah. I, I bet you she did remember you because... Yeah, that's teach. I used to be a teacher as well for a short time. And you and I have similar hearts. And look at you, you're doing the same work right now. Your students that you work with stay with you, (laughs) especially the ones that really like grab your heart or you really know there's more there for them and they're not quite there yet. They stay with you. So, oh, shout out to your teacher. And I think that's really cool. You reached out to her. um, And shared that with her. That probably meant a lot. Probably to you both, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, I think yeah. it did mean a lot yeah. to her too. You know, I think she probably taught like thousands of children right. or whatever. But but still, you, know, you don't know your yes. impact often. I think it means something to everybody if somebody tells you, wow, you really made a difference when you did this for me. For it's, sure. I, I, yeah, I don't think we put enough emphasis on sharing that with people that make even the smallest little difference that makes your day. You don't even yes. know, right? Because you no, don't know until someone tells you. No, so. and I think when you're really, when you really are doing this, like, um, like from the bottom of your heart and you're really genuine. Yeah. I don't think that you are even expecting that. No, you're you know, not like doing I, it for that reason. Yeah. I no. get surprised when I get a letter from a student or I'll get a text message or something. I'm like, Oh my God, you know? And, and I'm like, that's so nice. And they're like, yeah, this is what you do. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't expect that. Like, I don't expect that at all. Like I'm just, no. I'm just trucking along. Right, right. Because you're just being you and doing the work that you love and you care yeah. about people. And when we care about people, it's just genuine. You're not doing it to get something in return. So yes. So a couple questions before we wrap up. Self-care, as you know, is huge for big-hearted folks. So you mentioned to me that you're really good at the, you know, a few times here going full speed ahead. But then what comes next is the crash and burn. Yeah. Right? Because you're not as good with the self-care part at the moment, which is very common. When you do finally realize that you're like, oh my gosh, I pushed it and now I need to like refresh. Do you have a a few ways or a way that you like to take care of yourself or get your, get grounded again and 
<laughs> take care of yeah. you when you're done <laughs> running all these amazing events. Yeah. So it's really funny that you say that because I kind of crashed and burned, I think like about two weeks ago, <laughs> right. um, where things started to settle down into the regular world or whatever that is right now. And then I realized, oh no, um, I'm starting to feel, you know, the crash and burn of, of hitting the ground running since, you know, March 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a couple of things. Knowing yourself is really important because what may work for me may not work for someone else, but really looking at, do I need to be doing all this extra work anymore? Um, I'm so used to working overtime and I'm used to doing more than what I normally do, but is that even needed anymore? So being able to assess, take a step back and assess my workload. Am I is it necessary to be working at, you know, 110? I don't think it is right now. And it's one of those things where it's a little quiet right now. Things are kind of going on their own, like they're pushing forward. So then it's like time to go back and say, okay, what do I need to delegate? Mm -hmm. And what do I need to take a step back from? What can take a step back from? What is the new priority? And looking to see how that, like basically like helping your work work for you in a sense. Um, And then also being able to slow down. Um, I tend to be like an anxious person. So what I'll do is I'll just speed it up. You know, (laughs) I'm like walking down the hallway really fast and I'm going into like, I have to literally slow down. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, walk a little bit slower. Yes. Yes. And move a little slower here and there. Now, don't get me wrong. I probably should have been doing this the whole time, but I didn't. (laughs) So now it's like, what do I do now? And then I use a lot of things like aromatherapy. There's a thing called mental clarity that I use um, to smell um, when things are like really all over the place. That will bring me from like an eight to like a three. Um, So aromatherapy for me Mm -hmm. um, works really well. I have several teas that I take and I do that too. Um, But another thing that I've discovered that I absolutely love is walking outside in nature and as Mm -hmm. much nature as possible. So I've been walking within like Pacifica, um, but try and stay away from like a main road. Um, like just really being able to, to kind of like submerge yourself into an, like a nature space. Um, some people are beach people. I'm not really that person. I'm more so like, I like to be amongst trees and maybe like a lake. Um, like more slow paced water. Um, So everything just kind of has to slow down for me. And when I do that, it makes a world of difference. And then I also do uh, EFT tapping. Um, And EFT tapping, if you don't know about it, definitely look it up. It's really helpful. Um, And you basically tap on different parts of your body. It's like specifics uh, part of your body, like on the backside of your hands, like over your eye, your cheekbone, above your on your upper lip, like right there, like on the bridge between your nose and your lip and then underneath your lip and then on your, on your collarbone and then underneath your arm. And there's a thing that you say with it. Everyone says something different. Um, but that's really helpful because it brings you into a mindful space. Um, and most of that stuff is mindful, uh, mindfulness, When I take a shower, I try not to think about work. I know that sounds crazy, but there's something about the shower and work for Mm. me (laughs) that I race through that. So then what I do is I'll say, hey, okay, Ange, like we need to slow down. You know, I'm putting shampoo in my hand. I'm washing my hair. I'm washing, you know, I'm washing my legs. Like you, I will have to like narrate what I'm doing in order to ground myself to be present. Great tips. Oh my gosh. So many different ideas. And I love how you're talking about all of them tie into slowing your down, slowing yourself down and like literally slowing your body down. Thank you for the description and for all of that advice. And like you said, you're aware of this is kind of your process that you do. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, we think we're supposed to just be even keel all the time. And that's not how it works. You get fired up for a reason because you're passionate and you care about something. And so that gives us the juice to go. You know, and so that's why it's so common that we crash like afterwards. A lot of people do so, but it's good to know then that in order to keep going, it's not sustainable to stay at that high speed. We got (laughs) to, we got to chill. We got to calm down. Right. So kindness, Angela, back to the basics. What does being kind mean to you and why does it matter? Kind means to me, um, 
to be empathetic and understanding, to really be able to understand that not everyone is like us. Um, people are different and that's okay. Um, but what that means that you can't work with everybody the same way. You know, some people are, you know, like, like myself, right. Very like hyper, I get really excited and then I need to come down. Um, sometimes people can view that as like, oh, she's being standoffish. It's a little weird, but it's actually deeper than that. Right. Um, for me, it's like, oh, like if they really knew me, they're like, oh, she's anxious, um, because she pushed the limits on what that looks like. So understand that people have things going on and, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we can't see them and we're not here to judge that. You know, we're here to work with people. We're here to have some understanding, some compassion about that. And I feel like this world, unfortunately, doesn't have enough empathy. And you've got to have empathy in order to have kindness. Because it takes way more energy to be rude um, and, and just, you know, just not understanding than it is to be kind. Because if it's someone you don't, let's say it's someone you don't know, and it's something very simple where they're asking for directions. I've seen so many people do this. They just don't say anything back. What does it take to say, you know what? I'm sorry. I don't know. You know, I I don't understand what that is. You know, we need to get out of our own space because kindness can make so many changes. You know, if there's so many people who feel like, oh, I'm the right way, like I know the right way and these other people don't. So then therefore I'm going to treat them like they're less than because it's not my way. Like, I hate to break the news to you, but everybody's different. Nobody, there isn't just one way to do things. There's different ways to be about that. And you have to have kindness, but also you have to have kindness towards yourself too. Because a lot of times we beat ourselves up um, for a lot um, in life. And sometimes you'll hear like, oh, you're your worst critic and you're not being kind enough to yourself. So I think that it's important just as to be kind to other people, to be kind to yourself as well, because you are a priority. Best relationship that you'll ever have is with yourself. Beautiful. So pay it forward piece that I do at the end of every interview, Angela, is I encourage everyone who's listening to get their hearts on together to invite people into action. So how do you like to help someone or do you have a favorite way that you like to pay it forward that you can give us an idea of what we could do? Uh, Yeah, I do a couple of things. Um, Sometimes I'll pick that day Mm -hmm. um, to say, what am I going to do today to make a difference in somebody else's life? Um, and I do, and I have my students do it too. It's actually an activity that I'll do with them. So I'll pick something for that day. Um, so like the last one I think I did was when I see a woman, I'll pay a compliment. I feel like a lot of women don't give each other compliments. So I saw a woman on the street and her skirt was cute. And I was like, you know, you wear that skirt really cute. So she, it took it like, you could tell she just lined up and she's like, Oh my God, thank you so much. And it, it was such a simple comment. Um, so I say that you look, you like reflect and say, what can I do today to make a difference? And then it could be something as small as paying a compliment because it could be something as big as donating money. It could be another thing that's as big as, um, you know, making a change in life and saying, Hey, Um, I'm going to support black and brown businesses for the next six months. But just really reflecting and saying, hey, what can I do today to make a difference? Thank you. So before we go, is there anything you wished I would have asked or loose ends or unanswered questions, closing tips, thoughts, anything? I don't think so. I think you covered a lot. Um, I I appreciate you. I do want to share my gratitude and my appreciation. I love that I'm on here and that I can share you know, a little bit about myself with everyone else. And if I can make one difference or when, you know, just spark an idea in somebody else, then I, I appreciate that you gave me the platform to do so. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. So Angela, thank you so much for spending your time with us today and for sharing a few fantastic examples, lots of examples. This was so great of how we could help in our communities all the details. There were so many actionable takeaways and suggestions that you gave us that we can apply to making a difference in our own way. It was so helpful. And thank you so much for being so open and sharing parts of your story with us. Um, All the things you, you chose to share, I know they will help people on the other end by just being you and sharing your huge heart with us. So thank you so much. 
Thank you. I appreciate you. Yay. And where can everybody find you? I'll, I'll link it, but where, where should they go to connect with you if they have questions? Oh, yeah. So email is coachangelascott at um, gmail.com. Okay. And then on Instagram, if you want to do social media, it's coach underscore Angela underscore Scott. Perfect. So like all my guests, Angela, as you can tell, is very friendly and open. So please reach out to her with any questions that you have after listening to today's show or whatever you want. She is there and will be waiting for you. So Angela, again, so much gratitude. Huge hugs to you. I miss seeing you in person. That was the hardest part when the cafe closed. I didn't get to see you guys anymore. I know. Hopefully (laughs) some point we can see each other live. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I agree with that. Thank you. I, I, I cannot wait for that. Moment. I know. And a big shout out to everyone listening with us today for sharing your time with us. We're so grateful. I hope you are even more excited and ready to spread some love and make a difference in your own unique way because we are more than ready for you. Please, please, please join us. Don't hold back. Again, I'm Gia Duke with Get Your Heart On, saying goodbye for now. So much love going out to you. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.